0: We're going to hear from God's Word now as Ruffaro comes and brings us our reading from 1 Peter. Our reading today is taken from 1 Peter 1, verse 22, to 1 Peter 2, verses 10. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that you so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted the, that the lord is good as you have come to him the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by god and precious to him you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Rafaro, And thank you uh, for the amazing um, video from the young people. Um, I can't see... And around. I know they've all gone, but isn't it wonderful to be a part of a community of people of all ages. Uh, just to, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, something in my knee went pop last um, Sunday and left me unable to walk properly. Uh, and uh, I've been very blessed because uh, the NHS has already managed to get me an appointment for next Thursday to see a specialist. So I feel very blessed. I was expecting it to be a lot longer. Very conscious of that uh, passage that we read, that there's a huge amount of stuff in it. There's living stones, there's capstones, there's royal priesthoods, uh, there's uh, quotations from other parts of the the Bible, uh, and the sower and the seed, all kinds of things going on in there. But uh, today in our series on uh, 1 Peter, I'm not going to try and touch all those because the theme that I've been given is belonging and that sense of what it means to belong to be to the people of God. So that's what I'm going to try and focus on. So let's pray. Father, will you speak to us, each person here and at home and online? Lord, will you uh, guard us and guide us and lead us in your paths of righteousness? In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start unusually at the... um, last part of our reading rather than the beginning to work backwards through the parish through the passage so chapter 2 verse 10 once you were not a people but now you are the people of god once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy and peter there is referencing the book of hosea and in particular one of the strangest passages in the bible uh, that i've ever come across and uh, it's where um, in chapter 2 where god says to hosea as a prophet, that what I want you to do is to go and marry an unfaithful and promiscuous woman. Now that seems to run counter to almost everything that we kind of think about. But Hosea, being the man of God he was, and I'm not half the man he was, he found an appropriate woman who was promiscuous, unfaithful, had a terrible reputation and married her. And they had three uh, children, one called Jezreel, which means God sows, one called Loruhama, which means uh, not loved, and one called Lo-Ami, which means you are not my people. And uh, Hosea and his family in that marriage and those relationships and those names became uh, like a living parable for the relationship of God with his people. God's people were like Goma, who were unfaithful and unable to be uh, true to their promises. And God is like the sower the name God sows in Jezreel. But that good seed which God was sowing by his people was ignored time and again. And because of their unfaithfulness, they lost their birthright. They lost God's loved, love. They became not loved. And they forfeited the right to be God's people. To no longer belong to him. Now names have enormous power. Our names are given us at birth. And it's amazing, isn't it, how we grow into our names? I sometimes think my name Christopher, he carries Christ. Did I have any choice in what I ended up to be? Or the nicknames, good or bad, that we get as we go through life. And in Zimbabwe, we had a a friend, a young girl, who um, her parents named her Useless. Now imagine what it must've been like every day of your life to be called by your name Useless, and what it does to you. Mercifully, that girl was met by a Christian charity who took her off the streets. And renamed her charity to be a gift of God so that every day she was reminded that she was a gift of God. So we learn in Hosea 2.23 though that the child that God says through Hosea that he will show his love to the one called not loved. And that the one who is called not my people shall be called you are my people. That's the kind of promise that Hosea says to these children who are like that. And I suspect that at that moment, Hosea renamed his children and gave him the names that he always wanted to give them, loved and belonging. Because that's only what makes sense. It doesn't say that in the Bible, but it makes sense to me that it's a living parable. As God says to them, the people that are not my people shall be called you are my people. And the people who are not uh, belonging to me will become my people now that must have been incredibly powerful for the early church because many of them were people who were rejected and cast out Uh, they didn't fit into their communities for the Gentiles particularly and if you go back to 1 Peter 1 you'll see that he's writing to Christians across the whole of Asia they were Christians who were persecuted and probably didn't belong anymore in their society because of the decisions that they had made and particularly for the Gentiles who knew from the Jewish perspective that they couldn't belong and they had no right to and they were outside. Now these words are coming from Peter who had originally excluded the Gentiles saying, those who are not my people are now my people. Those who are not loved are now loved. And Peter takes those words and as he speaks them, those who had never belonged and who could never belong were reminded that, they, that something had changed so that they could now belong and be part of God's people. Peaceful people who are chosen. A of, few of us can uh, forget that joy of being um, chosen in, uh, on the playground or the pain of not being chosen. We become a royal and a holy people, a special possession. And Peter is speaking not only to those at that time who struggle to belong, but to all who feel that they do not belong or that they don't fit in. And Peter is saying to them, you're now part of this group, this kingdom. And being part of a group gives us status. Once we're initiated into a group, we have a part to play and a place which is ours and ours alone. So when I was employed uh, in the Diocese of Bristol, from that moment, I belonged to the organisation. And I had a role in it, and to a small extent, a certain amount of prestige. But the belonging that that Peter speaks about is much deeper than simply getting a job or being part of a community. It's about being living stones. Peter in verse 4 speaks about Jesus as the living stone and all of us who are here in this church and all the Christians around are all living stones who are built into this spiritual house. So just look around at the living stones uh, in this building and the people who are part of us. Now for the people of uh, Israel, the temple in Jerusalem was the place where God lived on earth and where you encountered God, particularly in the holy and holies. But what Peter is saying is that here in this community, those who are living stones are built into the temple to the place where we can encounter God and experience that sense of belonging. And of course, belonging is more than just a transaction or a signature on a piece of paper. True belonging affects our whole sense of identity and well-being. We want to fit and be in the right place. So listen to these two definitions of belonging. A feeling of being happy or comfortable as part of a particular group, and having a good relationship with other members of the group because they welcome you and accept you. A sense of belonging is one of humanity's most basic needs. Or secondly, belonging is a sense of fitting in, or feeling like you are an important member of a group. And a really close family gives each of its members a strong sense of belonging. Notice that what those two definitions do is talking about that inner sense of feeling, that experience that I belong. And it's very hard to articulate that and put that into words. Because when we truly belong, it, it awakens in us a sense of security, a sense of being in a place where we can be still and at peace where we don't have to struggle, where we can grow into the person that we're meant to be. And if we were to go back to the start of our passage, we can uh, see the foundation of that sense of belonging. Peter says to his listeners or readers, you've become a part of the body of Christ and started to obey his truths. So you're beginning to discover what it means to have a sincere or real love for each other. Now go on to love one another deeply from the heart. Just read that verse for you. Now that you have purified yourselves, by obeying the the truth, that sense of understanding who Jesus is and responding to his command to follow him and bringing our lives before him so that you have a sincere love for each other, that transaction, if you like, of Jesus' love leading us to having that sincere love for people. He says, now that you've got that and you've started that process, love one another deeply from the heart become and and put into practice what that transformation that God has begun to to build and bring about in you. Now, there's something kind of uh, paradoxical about that because we know that we can't be commanded to love. It's like saying to our children, you must love me. They might, they might not. We can't be commanded to love. Love is something that grows. And so we have that picture again, come back to the sower, of God sowing the seed through his word. And of course, the word that Peter was talking about wasn't the New Testament as we have it. It was the Old Testament, but then Jesus, the knowledge of Jesus and of his teachings and who he was, his life and his death and his resurrection. Remember how the first son of Hosea and Gomer was called Jezreel, God sows. And Peter's reminding us that we're born into this new life through that seed of the living, enduring word of God. And that grows up within us through the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we can force. We can only invite God to allow it to work within us. And it's as we've experienced that love that we are inspired to build a community of love. So you can see that balance that we experience love and we build a community of love. Our service is always a response to God's love. So we're meant to be a community of love. And sadly, sometimes that's where heartbreak sometimes comes. Because we don't always encounter the church as a community of love. And sometimes we feel let down by it. I'm sure all of us here at times have felt let down by others in the church or by the church and what we think it ought to be. We feel let down by it. Sometimes we can be very disappointed and hurt. And sometimes it even leads to disillusioned. I'm sure we can all think of people who perhaps have left churches feeling very disillusioned. And yet the church is God's plan. The church is to be the community where we can find that holiness, that wholeness, and that sense of belonging. Where we can model belonging in a world that is very broken thinking of, I'm, I'm not speaking at the moment about all of the things that are going on around us, but just a moment's reflection on what's happening in Ukraine, but also across the world where millions of people are being displaced. When you think about those people who were in that trailer, looking for a place where they could be free, where they could belong, and where they could provide a life for their children, that deep desire in us for freedom and belonging. We as a church can be a place, a beacon of belonging and hope. And I want to just draw to a close by thinking about how we can each play a part in creating a community of belonging here in Christchurch, but also wider in our communities. Now, I'm very aware that in three small points, I'm not going to be very exhaustive. uh, And any of these could be something to talk about. And there are many other elements for it. But I think one of the first things, if we are to be a community of love, and in many ways we are, but we're always growing, aren't we? Because we're living stones, and living stones are kind of usually pretty rough, and they need to be honed and polished against each other. And that is to recognize that we need to have realistic expectations about God's people, to recognize that they are still God's people, to look around at the people in this community and not expect a council of perfection, not expect everybody to love us as we think they ought to be or not to let us down. I think actually we all come into this family damaged and in some ways weak and broken. We are going to let each other down. That is reality. And so perhaps a key part of learning to love one another deeply, is to be willing to be disappointed, but to forgive. And to love those who are not perfect and who let us down. And that means listening to people, listening to try and understand the difference sometimes between intention and impact. You know, so often people say things in communities and churches and it really hurts us and we can get very, very angry. But often there is a dissonance because sometimes the person who's hurt us never intended that and they just didn't think or they didn't understand. So learning not to have too high expectations but to have realistic expectations of this community that God has called us into to be a community of love, to be willing to forgive, and to live with a certain amount of disappointment. But secondly, I think it is about inviting God to reveal to us what in our lives and experiences may be preventing us from knowing that feeling of belonging and contentment. And that can sometimes evolve quite painful soul-searching. As we ask God, as the psalmist said, to reveal to us the truth in our innermost hearts, and ask him to set us free from anything that holds us in slavery." I want to think of somebody, I'm going to call him Stephen, uh, from a long time ago and you won't, you won't know him, but uh, I remember being uh, with this person and uh, they came to a point having really lived and struggled uh, with a sense of belonging and feeling that nothing was ever quite right. And they came to a moment of realization where they suddenly asked the question, do you think there's something about me that is the issue? And the great tragedy at that point was that they very quickly dismissed it and thought, no, it's not about me. Now, it's not totally about them, but actually, sometimes the experiences that we've had and the things that have hurt us lead us to behave in ways that can alienate people. And there was such a moment of opportunity there because had that person been able to accept that truth, that they might have had something to do with it, then God could have come in and dealt with all the hurts and pains that were there. But they couldn't make that step. There was something in them that was preventing them from feeling and experiencing the grace of God. Now, for all of us, if ever we feel that disappointment, sometimes we can ask ourselves, is there something in me that needs changing? Is there something in me that is stopping it? Because if that's the case, and it may not be. Then God wants to heal that and bring wholeness. And in my own experience, uh, when I reached that point of deep pain, uh, an awareness where I had to admit that there was something that really needed to change. I was very grateful to uh, have the opportunity to go and find a Christian counselor and spend 10 weeks talking through what was going on in my life that had brought me to this place. And it brought such freedom in prayer and in hope. And I learned what it was to truly belong. Now that's not the case for all of us, but there is something about being open to understand and to allow God to work in us in order that we might truly experience that sense of belonging. And God doesn't want us to live without it. And thirdly, I think the other side of that is that each one of us has an important part to play in helping to create a space where people have time to build relationships. And above all, a space where people can have the courage to open themselves up to God and to acknowledge even the deepest buried hurts and pains. Now we may not think we know how to do that. We may not even be aware when or if God speaks through us. Often I'm just amazed by how something I've said or or been in has opened up a work of God in people and I had no idea about it until much later. But God speaks through all of us and all of us can play a part. We can all ask him to help us to look away from our own concerns and begin to see those around us more fully. We can plan to structure our lives just to create a bit more time to support and encourage each other in the body of Christ, to look out for those who struggle to belong, always remembering that we love because he first loved us. And I want to encourage you today to make a point. I hope that every single one of us will stay for coffee today. And... Perhaps make the effort or take the opportunity to go and talk to somebody that we've never talked to before. I know quite often I want to get out as quickly as I can because I've got to go and do something. But I'm going to challenge you today. Come and spend time. Talk to people. Listen to people. Meet somebody that you didn't know and find out something about them. Because in doing so, you're giving them a gift of belonging and also receiving that gift of belonging. And we all have our own role in that. It doesn't matter who we are. God has that space and place for us. And the reason we want to welcome others and love others is because Christ has loved us. And it's in that encounter with one another that we are able to encounter fully the love of God in our lives. May God bless each one of us. Amen. If you can't stay, please don't worry. (laughs) I don't want anybody feeling guilty. That's not what this is about. (laughs) Thank you.